So today on Food Farm Talk on CFRU, we're finding out more about the Farmers for Climate Solutions campaign. We're talking to Katie Ward, the National President of the National Farmers Union, and Brent Preston, President of the Ecological Farmers Association of Ontario. Both their organizations are partners in the Farmers for Climate Solutions campaign. And that campaign was launched on Agriculture Day on February 11th, 2020. At Food Farm Talk, we try to delve behind the superficial headlines to get to more of the substance of the topic at hand. So to do that, I have Katie and Brent on the line today to talk in, in true COVID-19 format. We're speaking from our own homes and different parts of the province. So Katie and Brent, uh, why don't we start out by uh, each of you briefly uh, introducing yourself and your farming situation a little bit about your organization so listeners can understand something about you as people and about your organization. And then we'll talk more about the campaign after that. Sure, thank you. Um, I farm in eastern Ontario. I raise uh, sheep and pigs on pasture, and I sell my lamb and pork products at farmer's markets and uh, to a few restaurants, um, which is... um, Currently, obviously, um, undergoing some marketing rethinking in uh, in these physical distancing times that we're uh, we're living through. So, representing the National Farmers Union, um, we're a, a grassroots organization working on behalf of farmers for a food system that respects the dignity of work on our farms and ensures an economically fair and environmentally sound food system, so we can continue to grow and raise food. Uh, we represent thousands of farmers from coast to coast, producing everything from grain for export to livestock farmers to market gardeners and everything in between. And we all believe that we have a stronger voice when we work together for um, agricultural policy and uh, and on behalf of eaters. Um, Thanks, Paul. Uh, so my wife Gillian and I run uh, an operation called The New Farm, uh, we grow vegetables uh, near Creemore, Ontario, uh, just about an hour and a half northwest of Toronto. And uh, we we grow we're certified organic, and we grow primarily for the wholesale restaurant industry. But I'm the board president of the Ecological Farmers Association of Ontario, and uh, we represent farmers all across the the province, uh, working as uh, to build community to. Uh, help farmers build uh, resilient ecological farms and to build a strong knowledge sharing community. So we've been around for 40 years and really the core of our mandate is to help our members become better farmers and to farm in a way that is going to uh, enhance biodiversity, uh, improve the environment, uh, increase the health of their soils and build um, resilient, equitable communities uh, around agriculture in Ontario. So you launched this new campaign on Agriculture Day in February. And can you talk a bit about how the campaign was developed and the general purpose behind it? Sure. So uh, about a year ago, um, the National Farmers Union and um, Seed Change, which uh, was formerly USC Canada, and the Prairie Climate Centre out of uh, Manitoba, um, got together and um, started discussing the you know, common interests that we had in 
developing a space for farmers to talk about the concerns we were having about climate change. So we started looking at what we were going to be able to do to create a, a, a space for discussion around this, and that led to the National Farmers Union producing a report called Tackling the Farm Cri Income Crisis and uh, the Climate Crisis. Subsequent to, to that report being launched, we were able to um, then you know, open up discussions with um, the Ecological Farmers Association of Ontario and Equiterre and Farm Folk City Folk out of British Columbia, Rural Roots to Climate Solutions out in Alberta, form this, this coalition that has become Farmers for Climate Solutions and um, advance the, the discussion on a national level envisioning you know what we can do to advance solutions to the problems that we're all seeing in our food system we, we were really pleased to, to be able to uh, broaden the coalition to to the extent that we have already and we're really pleased to, to get folks um, such as, as Brent um, and um, Gillian um, at COG, um, Canadian Organic Growers as well, and uh, and really start digging into this and helping to um, develop policy solutions that are going to help our government um, support farmers to do the right thing in, the, in this uh, situation we find ourselves. Late last year, there were there were quite a few different organizations that realized that we all had this sense that we needed to do something urgently about the the issue of climate and agriculture. That there's a there is sort of a window opening where not just farmers but the broader public are realizing that agriculture right now is a big part of the climate problem, but that there's also potential for agriculture to be a really important and positive part of the climate solution. So we, you know, we realized that that working together, we are going to have a much bigger impact. So you talked uh, about the genesis and, and some of the organizations behind uh, <clears throat> the current membership and how you came together. And obviously, you have a lot of shared values between uh, the organizations. So have you tried, or will you be trying to some kind of recruit other farm and commodity organizations to? Uh, build a bigger coalition within agriculture because there there are a huge number of, uh, even at the national level, uh, farm organizations like the Canadian Federation of Agriculture and all the different commodity organizations as well. So are, is that part of your plan? Sure. Um, we are currently in discussions with a number of organizations across the country. Um, and the the list of organizations that have expressed interest is growing every day. We we are absolutely interested in building a broader coalition and um, helping to to move this conversation to a place where um, you know we we have as many voices as possible as as farmers um, and and as an agriculture industry produce about um, 11 or 12 percent of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions, but we're really uniquely positioned to um, make reductions to that um, with um, with some choices that we can make relatively easily on our farms. And um, there's a lot of, of different um, groups in, in agriculture that can um, help to um, get that information to their membership and, and help engage 
farmers across the country, and uh, and we're really encouraged by how many groups have already reached out to us for sure. Yeah, the the um, I think that we want the goal is really to build as broad a coalition as possible, and I think there's a really unique moment right now where a lot of the barriers that I've seen over the you know we've been farming for 15 years and the barriers that I've seen between so-called conventional agriculture and organic agriculture or ecological agriculture are really starting to break down. And we're realizing that people in all parts of the um, farmers of all stripes have things to learn from each other. And uh, I think that it's a really great opportunity right now to rally around the, excuse me, this idea of fighting climate change because all of the things that we're going to do on our farms to reduce our outputs or reduce our emissions and increase the amount of carbon we can sequester on our farms, those are all things that are going to have all kinds of other knock-on benefits in terms of profitability and uh, decreased cost and increased productivity. So we think it's a really great moment to, to broaden the tent and bring a lot of people into this effort. So building on what you just just said, uh, so your website talks about promoting low input, low emission practices and moving away from those high input, high emissions farming practices that rely heavily on fossil fuels, fertilizers, pesticides, plastics, and other inputs. So I'd like to unpack that a little bit and maybe you can talk about what you mean by that uh, and both you yourselves and your organizations? Sure. So I think some of the, the really important work that um, the National Farmers Union has done in their um, tackling the farm crisis and the climate crisis report is to really clearly illustrate that high input agriculture is high uh, emissions agriculture. So the the um, emission, the carbon and um, other greenhouse gas emissions that we're seeing coming out of the agriculture sector, primarily derived from the use of the, the high use of agricultural inputs. And it's also this um, high input model of agriculture that's been promoted for decades now in Canada that is really the fundamental um, cause of the farm income crisis. So farmers are bringing lots of money in through their operations, but almost all of it is going to pay for you know, seed, fertilizer, machinery, equipment, um, interest on debt. It's all, you know, the, the NFU is, is illustrated that something like 97% of all of the, the gross farm receipts are being paid out for inputs of one description or another. Um, so we really, we feel that by, by finding new practices on the farm that can reduce our reliance on these inputs, we're going to both make our farms more profitable and decrease our emissions. So that's that's really the, the one of the core ideas behind this campaign is that low input agriculture is low emission agriculture and it's also more profitable agriculture. So, Katie, maybe you can uh, add your perspective to that. And I, and I guess what I'm also thinking about is, is there's lots of farmers who rely on these kinds of inputs just to make a living and how you bridge that gap because they would not necessarily be attracted to, uh, you know, that kind of messaging. So No, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, 
you know, part of part of the reason that we were so enthusiastic about the research that um, led to this report that we put out, the the research has really shown us that current practices or or recently adopted practices like following the four R's for uh, nitrogen fertilizer about um, you know, making sure that you're not overusing inputs because you need to have the scientific information to use them appropriately. You can um, reduce your application. And I, I use nitrogen fertilizer as an example because it is um, one of those unique inputs that has all three of the main greenhouse gases um, being um, you know, nitrous oxide and methane and carbon dioxide in both production and um, as, as an after effect of its use, um, you can reduce, um, you know, if farmers across Canada, sorry, reduce their nitrogen um, usage, nitrogen fertilizer usage by about 15% following good practices, they can see very little, if any, reduction in overall yield, but reduce their input costs by about $850 million. Um, which would be a huge um, help to the bottom line of farmers that are struggling um, with very little net income. Um, and, and that's the, the key financial struggle. We wanted to build a business case for doing the right thing by the environment. And we really think that a lot of the information that we've put together shows um, when you dig into it that we can make relatively um, – simple, if not necessarily intuitive, changes on our farms that are going to help us be more financially stable on our farms. Um, that being said, though, you know, we, we do need to um, make clear that we're not saying, you know, go back to Little House on the Prairie. We're, you know, um, this is not just a... Um, you know, everybody's going to have horse-drawn agriculture to reduce their, their fossil fuels, um, and then farming is going to be great. That's not what we're calling for at all. We are talking about using um, science and technology and as appropriate on our farms, um, you know, to produce the, the good and healthy and environmentally sound food that we need to feed Canadians and... Um, where where necessary and appropriate, maintain our export markets. Um, but we think that farmers need to know that there is a business case for environmentally friendly and climate friendly agriculture on our farms. We can make this case to to government as well to increase our um, our climate friendly agriculture policy. Um, and when I say increase, I mean initiate really. Quite frankly, our, our government policy has not, up until recently, had that climate lens applied to agriculture. And uh, and we, as a group in Farmers for Climate Solutions, really feel like as we develop our policy recommendations for government, that needs to be the baseline. Um, that we really start advocating that... Um, Government policy has uh, a place in how our agriculture industry is structured and that that government policy really does need to take into account the climate crisis and what farmers um, both are, are dealing with in terms of the 
interruptions that we're facing on our farm from extreme weather and and, um, and such, um, as well as the solutions that we can provide and uh, and helping to provide information to farmers and incentives to farmers to um, make these changes on our farm. Well, that's great. Uh, I think that helps clarify and gives us a little more detail on what you have in mind beyond uh, the generalities. And so you've, uh, you're, we're switching there to government policy. So, and as you say, you're develop, advocating for new innovative policies beyond uh, what we have now to help farmers fight and adapt to climate change. Uh, so maybe you can talk about the kinds of things you have in mind for those uh, innovative policies or the process you'll, you'll use to, to kind of come up with those to propose to uh, uh, federal and provincial governments. Sure. So um, as a, a relatively new group, we are definitely still, um, we're working on our, our policy development to make those recommendations to government, um, both at the, the federal and provincial level. Um, but one thing that we all agree on as, um, as collaborating organizations is that um, government policy does need to be, agriculture policy needs to be looked at through a climate lens. So much of what government tends to do um, over time is, um, to use an agricultural metaphor, is to sort of um, slide into to siloed um, ways of thinking and ways of addressing problems. Um, we do need to, to have a bit more of a holistic um, view of things. One, one perspective that the National Farmers Union brings to the Farmers for Climate Solutions collaboration is that um, we really feel that there's a place for government to re-implement extension services and information provision for farmers um, as a neutral and scientific body to to provide this information to farmers about what they can be doing um, and and to recognize that um, current agriculture policy incentivizes a model that drives farmers to just always produce more and more and more there needs to be a focus on um, externalities that come with that, um, costs that aren't necessarily accounted for that our environment is paying and um, that are sort of coming home to roost on our farms in terms of extreme weather. So as Katie said, we're, we're in the very early stages of developing this coalition and we're still sort of in the active policy formation um, phase of development of this, of this campaign. But there are a few sort of overarching ideas that are clear from the beginning. We talked about the the, um, the need for a, a more a lower input model of agriculture. Um, I think there's also a consensus among the groups that a focus on soil health is really important. So um, soil health is sort of the, the the center point that brings together a lot of these ideas about um, mitigating climate change, um, making our farms more resilient to climate change. Um, increasing our profitability and improving farmer livelihoods. So we're, we're going to be looking for government policies that really reward farmers for taking care of their soil, that encourage farmers to do that, that provide them with the science and the, and the knowledge that they need in order to be the best stewards of their soil. Um, so when we talk about switching, uh, you know, trying to reduce our inputs, if we can increase soil organic matter in, in our agricultural soils, we can, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a demonstrated fact that we can then reduce 
the amount of um, fertilizer inputs that we need in that soil. Um, that has an environmental and climate benefit. Uh, we can increase our, the soil's capacity to absorb water and heavy rainfall events, which makes us more resilient to the effects of climate change that we're already seeing. Um, it can improve yields and increase profitability that, that improves farmer livelihoods. So we get all of these co-benefits from um, having really healthy living soils in our farms. So, um, but, but implementing these kind of practices that promote healthy soils, they're not free, right? Um, farmers have to experiment. They have to uh, perhaps buy new equipment. They have to learn new, new methods that they might not have used before. And so these are all areas where government can provide support, um, you know, financially or technically uh, through information to help farmers make that transition. Why don't we end up with uh, this last question on uh, climate policy? As you've already kind of, the existing climate policy we get from the federal and provincial governments has not had much for agriculture, as you've already kind of alluded to. In particular, the federal climate plan, uh, we have a national campaign, so let's talk about the federal government. So the federal climate plan is the pan-Canadian framework for clean growth and climate change. And it had very little to say about agriculture but it did defer to the Canadian Agricultural Partnership as the main mechanism for implementation. And we're seeing implementation of some uh, work on, particularly on soil health in Ontario, uh, related that comes out of the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. But the Trudeau government has promised a new climate plan, a more ambitious one soon, given what you've been talking about so far. Are you putting a lot of... Uh, eggs in that basket to try to get more from the Trudeau government in their forthcoming revised climate plan and the kind of things you've been talking about so far, are you hoping to get some of that in this new plan with some greater mention of agriculture in that forthcoming plan? Yeah, absolutely. So we there's a few different avenues that we're going to pursue. We, we'd like to see a bigger role for agriculture overall in the, in the Canadian government's um, climate action plan. Um, we would like to see, as Katie said before, a bigger emphasis um, from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada on climate change. We think that, that um, the Canadian Agricultural Partnership is absolutely a, a vehicle that could um, be used to, to implement a lot of these policies. We're, we're looking very, very carefully at um, CAP right now, uh, sort of hoping that uh, I think it's 2023, the new Canadian Agricultural um, partnership will come into effect, and we hope that there's that, that there's a big, big emphasis on uh, climate change mitigation, um, emissions reduction, and uh, building resilience to, to climate change. So, for example, uh, climate-friendly agricultural practices could be incentivized through um, through uh, the different parts of the of the uh, of the CAP program uh, through um, agri insurance through uh, Agri-Invest, there's lots of mechanisms in there already that could be used to incentivize uh, the kind of practices that are going to, that are going to reduce agriculture's um, impact on, the, on uh, climate change and make our farms better able to withstand the effects of climate change. So all, all of that stuff is on the table, but I think there's also opportunities with um, Environment Canada, with uh, the, the uh, federal government commitment to plant 2 billion trees, uh, in Canada over the next 10 years. Uh, you know, agricultural land is a big, big chunk of the landmass of this country. 
And if we're going to plant 2 billion trees in the country, uh, it would be great to get a bunch of those on farmland because we know that uh, windbreaks, shelter belts, woodlots, these are all things that can, can uh, have big environmental benefits on farms and have big uh, benefits for farmers in terms of their productivity and resilience. So we're, we're looking at the whole gamut of uh, policy options. Katie, maybe I can get your perspective, and I'll just throw in a tidbit that uh, despite the Trudeau government's uh, commitment for a new climate plan, the mandate letter for, for Minister Bibeau did not mention climate change at all. Yeah, so to build on that a little bit, um, one thing that um, we've noticed recently is that um, the federal government is um, in combination with um, their provincial and territorial counterparts undergoing a review of the business risk management programs for agriculture and um, farm groups across the country have been in chorus uh, basically to um, explain to the government that um, current disaster relief programs under agri-stability, for example, um, are simply not working, um, and especially in the face of uh, the, the major weather disasters that farmers have been experiencing in the last couple of years. And so one thing we have pointed out um, at the National Farmers Union to, um, to the federal government as they're reconsidering this is that we really need to be at pain to understand that good climate planning and practices and policy for agriculture have an aim that we are going to undergo fewer disasters in agriculture going forward. If we can um, work towards a, a more stable climate situation, then farmers are not going to be needing to rely on as much disaster insurance um, as we are currently seeing um, in a system that is is really just not set up to deal with the instability that we're, we're facing right now, um, but that we can plan for future success and that are going to assist farmers in doing the right thing by our environment and um, that are going to help farmers be more profitable because we'd all rather be able to make money farming um, and, and be good stewards of our environment and good stewards of our land um, while we're farming, as opposed to facing um, weather disasters and, and having to rely on um, relief programs um, that currently aren't uh, aren't functional in the system that we're facing. So, when we're asking the federal government to to plan um, and to look at instituting programs under CAP that will be helping farmers to, to do the right thing, we're actually trying to, to make a business case to the government as well um, that, you know, this is the smart financial thing to do. And we think that, you know, with, with a chorus of voices um, calling for that together, that uh, we really hope that government will listen. Well, that's great. I appreciate your perspective, and I think this has provided a lot of good substance for uh, discussion and getting people uh, thinking more in more depth about what could be done uh, at the federal level in particular. So uh, thanks, Katie and Brent, for taking the time to uh, to do this on a Sunday or a Saturday morning, rather, and uh, time from your day. 
we'll look forward to uh, future developments in this campaign and, and the growth of the, the coalition to uh, broaden out to other groups as well. So we'll, we'll keep track of your uh, campaign and uh, maybe follow up with you in the future. Yeah, if I could um, just say thank you very much for, for having us today, but also I would encourage your listeners to go to farmersforclimatesolutions.ca and uh, check out the information we have and the, the videos that we've posted and, um, you know, click on the Take Action button and, uh, and you can take action on your farm and you can share our information with uh, farm groups that you might be part of and uh, we're happy to have lots more conversations. I'm Paul Smith. I'm one of the hosts of Food Farm Talk here on CFRU. 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and on podcast. You've heard the show today about Farmers for Climate Solutions. You may have your own thoughts about it. Uh, please leave those thoughts on our social media feeds. We will, won't be doing as many shows uh, in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 situation, but we will produce shows as we are able. So stay tuned for our next show, and thanks a lot for listening to today's show. Stay safe.